Beyond the Mic with Sean Dillon. We're joined on the star line by an actor, singer, model, radio news anchor, and theater star. She spent days early in her career in radio and helping families with child care and elder care needs. But after years of dedication to her craft, a national tour for Fiddler on the Roof, she's back under the lights. She plays the Dowager Empress in the national tour of Anastasia. We welcome the talented Jerry Wegraff. Thank you so much for having me. Jerry, let's go beyond the mic. You have a master's in Spanish from the University of Delaware. Then you spent time at the American Academy of Broadcasting in Philly. How do you get from Spanish and broadcasting to Broadway? <laughs> well, I grew up watching my parents do community theater, started taking piano lessons when I was in first grade, found I was very good in choir and chorus. And as I watched my parents do theater, I loved it. When I was in 10th grade, my friends convinced me to audition for a community theater production of Fiddler on the Roof. Reluctantly, I went along. That's kind of how it started. All right, I'll join you guys in the audition. I got cast as Huddle in Fiddler on the Roof. And from the moment the spotlight hit, I fell in love with musical theater. I went on to do a couple more community theater productions, as well as my high school productions, but at the time, this is the mid-70s, I had no inclination to major in musical theater. Maybe thought about it for a second, but, and I remember my choir director being surprised at that. He's like, you should go into music or musical theater. I was really good at Spanish from seventh grade on. I loved Spanish. I was always the top Spanish student, always got straight A's. And that's what I decided to major in. University of Delaware was about an hour from my house. It was, you know, perfect distance, not too close, not too far. I majored in Spanish with the notion of being a Spanish teacher, you know, steady career. And toward the end of those college years, I did student teach. And maybe that's what made me decide, I don't think I want to be a teacher. <laughs> I got offered a fellowship to get my master's in Spanish, no charge. So I went ahead and did that. Why not? It was 1980 and I had a master's in Spanish. Uh, still not quite sure what I wanted to do with it. I went out to Wichita, Kansas to visit my best friend, Bunny, who at the time was a newscaster at a TV station in Wichita. And she took me to the station. I watched her do a newscast and I thought it was so exciting. So I came back from that vacation thinking, I want to try broadcasting. <laughs> so I grew up in the Philadelphia area and looked into it and found that there was a six-month school called the American Academy of Broadcasting. I enrolled and came out of that in the spring of 1981. And they taught you try for the small market, no internet. I literally sent 100 letters and resumes to a hundred different small markets across the country because they said, you got to be ready to work anywhere. And I got a couple of radio station offers. The first offer I got was way out in like Southern California. And then I was, well, let me see if I get any that are closer to where I live. And I finally, I got an offer for a radio station job at a station in Avalon, New Jersey, 
South Jersey, the beach, the shore, we call it the Jersey Shore, near where I used to vacation all the time. And that's how I got started in my radio broadcasting career, which is my first career in my life. So I never really did anything with Spanish, except it helped me be able to pronounce the Spanish names in the newscasts (laughs) very well. Growing up, what were your dreams? The first thing I wanted to be was a cartoonist. This was eighth grade, and I remember being asked, what do you want to be? And I said, a cartoonist. I loved to draw. I have childhood drawings still that my mom kept of these intricate stories that I would draw. Then I guess I wanted to be a Spanish teacher. But I always loved theater. And I continue doing it. It was my passion, my hobby. Almost 50 years I'll be doing theater next year. But it started out as community theater. I never thought about doing it for a full-time career. And over these 49 years, there have been only six years where I did not do at least one show. And four of those years was when I was in radio because I worked crazy hours. I know the crazy hours. (laughs) And I I couldn't. And I was in an area where there weren't a whole whole lot of theaters. Your husband, Paul, has been incredibly supportive, even bringing your dog and lunch to the team when you were on the bus early in the tour. Did you find that out? I do my (laughs) research. You do your research. How hard is turning for you? (laughs) That's the hardest part, is being away from my husband, my kids. And I had a grand, my first grandchild was born last November on tour during a Saturday matinee in Norfolk. That is the hardest part. But my husband and I met doing community theater, another Fiddler production, which that, by the way, that show has marked milestones in my life. He and I met in a 1986 production of Fiddler. He was Matel, I was Seitel. My mother was Yen to the Matchmaker. And what made it even harder is he just retired from his job as state director of the Delaware Division of the Arts last summer. He decided to retire, and then I got the offer for the tour. So it was even harder to leave because he was starting, we were thinking, okay, we'll start this retirement life. But he's so supportive. He knows, he, he loves this as much as I do, so he knows how much of a deal it is. So we make it work. You found your husband because of it. Your mother was part of it. And your daughter-in-law was in the original Broadway cast of Anastasia. How has theater changed you? How has it changed me? It has shaped my entire life. If it weren't for theater, I wouldn't have my husband. I wouldn't have my kids. I don't know who I would be married to. But it has it, it unifies us. It's, it was a common bond with me and my parents at first. And then as a shared family passion... Growing up, my husband and I decided we weren't going to let theater come to an end when our children were born. So we started taking turns doing theater so we wouldn't go broke with babysitting costs. And then when our kids were five and seven, we sucked them into it. They started watching two, three years old. So it was like natural. It was a part of their lives. And for a 10-year span from the time our kids were five and seven until 2007 when our oldest daughter graduated from high school. We did almost 20 productions together. The memories that we have, the shared bond, the, the, the common love just means the world to me. And, and I think theater just brings so much, not just for the performers, but for the audience members, you know, a shared experience to watch, you know, humanity and deal with issues. And, and it also makes you a better person, more articulate, you know, listening to directions. I always told our kids growing up, these skills that you learn in theater will carry you throughout your life. You could 
do almost any job. Well, Jerry, it's time for the Rocky Nate. Eight random questions. Answer with the first thing that comes to your mind. There's no pressure. You're a trained ventriloquist. Have you surprised your fellow actors on tour with that trick yet? I did. Early on one of the bus rides, I bought a puppet at one of our travel stops. (laughs) And our lead, Kyla Stone, who plays Anastasia, we were on the bus and she was doing this Instagram story thing where people can submit questions. What kind of skill do you have that we might not know about? They were asking her, but she turned to me and said, Jerry, can you answer that? I had the puppet in my hand and I answered it. (laughs) with doing the ventriloquism. And I think I shocked the entire bus. You speak with British, Irish, French, Spanish, Italian, and Yiddish dialects. Which language would you like to learn? Maybe Russian because of Anastasia. Very nice. I really would love to learn, I mean, Yiddish. My grandparents uh, spoke Yiddish as their first language. And my mom spoke some of it. And I know some little words here and there. But I would hate to see that language die. I just, you know, would love to see it continue. 29 years in radio. Is there one commercial that you cut that you still hear in your nightmares? I was the voice of Gentilini Ford at the Jersey Shore. I don't really remember the words, but, but they had me record it and they liked it. So I kept, they just had me keep doing their spots over and over again. So, yes. And my name at the time was Jerry Smith. Well, that's my maiden name, but that's what I used on the air. I was also a DJ for a few years under the name of Jerry Daniels. But I, I still remember. I don't remember the words, but I remember doing the Gentilini Ford commercials. What is your favorite aisle in the supermarket? Candy. <laughs> but I don't need a lot of candy, but I love chocolate. Yeah, uh, I'm always cotton there. You are a rescuer of animals. I'm taping next to the lab that my wife and I rescued. Oh, 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 look how cute. Oh, what a sweetie. How do you know that that last rescue was the one? I mean, was there something when you saw him, did you say, that's the one? I was volunteering at Faithful Friends Shelter because we were in between having just lost a dog in 2015 and we my husband and I took in some foster dogs through faithful friends we took in three foster dogs in this in-between stage after our last dog had passed away because we love dogs so much and we did that for a couple of years and then I was volunteering at faithful friends going to the shelter and walking the dogs in the shelter it was time to get a new dog. And I remember seeing Sophie in the kennel. She had a cone on her head because I think she had just been spayed. And I put my hand up to the cage and she just started licking my hand. She had the sweetest little face. I could, I can't even describe my, I just melted. And I asked if I could take her out of the cage and play with her. She was just the love bug of my life. And I remember taking a picture of her. I sent it to my husband. I said, we have to adopt her. And other people wanted her. And thankfully, we were the ones that got to adopt her. And she is the love of our lives. Can you tell us the key ingredient in your, quote, addicting chips? (laughs) Unquote. I think it's, it's some kind of bean. It's like garbanzo bean. Uh, it's not potato. It would be something like lentil, like chi- like lentil chips. 
garbanzo bean, something like that. So you're big into gardening. Well, I would like to, but <laughs> I try to be healthy. I just, yeah, I, I like the chips that are just a little bit unusual with me, that sound like they're healthy, at least have cauliflower or beans or something in them. What is the key to your decades of happiness with Paul? I think sense of humor is a big one. That's actually what attracted me to him in first place. It was when we were at our first meet and greet for that Fiddler production in 1986. And we were all in a big circle and we were told to go around the room to say our name and the character we're playing. And when it got to him, he said, my name is Paul Wegraff and I will be residing in the character of Motel. (laughs) (laughs) And my mom and I were probably the only ones who knew what in the world he was talking about. (laughs) And I cracked up. And I'm like, this, he's funny. <laughs> so I think sense of humor is a big thing. And I think the shared passion of theater is another big one. Yeah. Where's your favorite place in Spain? You know, we went there for our 30th anniversary. You has found out everything. <laughs> I think it was that town. It's a town called Ronda in southern Spain that's built on the edge of a precipice. And it was just spectacular. It scared me to death driving there because we were driving through clouds. And on the way back, we were driving through a storm and we couldn't see where we were going. But it was it was magical. Loved it. If you're enjoying these conversations, please check out another Beyond the Mic episode to find more actors, artists, and people you need to know. We'd also appreciate a like and subscribe on the Good Pods app. It's time for the back half with the Dowager Empress in the national tour of Anastasia Jerry Wheatgraff joins us beyond the mic. Jerry, you started the tour at the Palace Theater in Connecticut. Over 200 shows on tour so far, and you've watched performers come and go. How tight a family is the Anastasia cast? Does it hurt when you see fellow cast members come and go? It was really sad this past week. We lost three cast members. We've, we've already said goodbye to some of our crew members. One of our little Anastasias left earlier a couple weeks ago. It's sad, but after doing theater for 49 years, you know that your paths will cross again. And if they don't, you stay in contact. And as crazy as social media can be, keep you in touch with everyone. And the the Fiddler family, when I did the tour 10 years ago, I still feel as close to them as I felt 10 years ago. A couple of them have come to see me on tour. And like I said, even though we might not do a show again, you stay connected. You see each other when you can. But it is, it's so sad when, when they leave. And, and we are totally a family, you know, living together 24 hours a day. As the cast mother, how special is it for you to watch these lights grow into stars right before your eyes? Oh, uh, It warms my heart. I see these, I call anybody over under the age of 45, I call a kid. (laughs) So they're all kids to me and they're so passionate about this career. They're so talented. I'm so happy when I hear about the next step that they're taking. Our lead, Kyla, this is I'm not revealing a secret because it's been announced. She's going to take a little break from our tour to go do Legally Blonde at the Muni. We are so, so thrilled for her. Uh, Happy to see her 
do that. I'll be happy to have her come back, but she'll go again and it'll be sad to leave. They all become a part of my family. They're all my children. But as hard as the road is for you, it is also rewarding. How does a standing ovation each night fill your heart with joy? It's such an incredible feeling because I love doing the show and the part. It gives me such a reward, but I also know what it means to the audience. And I didn't realize how much this show means to people. There is a name for the fans. They call them Fanastasias. And then there are people beyond the Fanastasias that absolutely love the show. And it, it, we have gotten letters from people. You know, I remember uh, a woman writing about how she had experienced domestic abuse and this was a show that gave her the hope to continue or people who watched the movie 20 some years ago. And as kids, they bonded over the movie. Now they're coming to see the musical. So to know how much the show means to the audience is even better than how, how wonderful it makes me feel when I hear the applause. What's your favorite production you've ever seen? Not done, but seen. Probably Ragtime. My husband has been in it, but I've never been in it. I loved it. I always ask this to Broadway stars because I feel like everyone has this. Which role is your dream role? The, the role where you just go, yep, once I do that, I'm good. You know what? It's this one. But I'll say a couple others that I'd love to do. But honestly, this is my dream role. When I saw it on Broadway in 2017, when, as you mentioned, my future daughter-in-law, Sissy Bell, was in it, I didn't know the show at all. I saw that grandmother character, Mary Beth Peel, was amazing. But I walked away from that show saying to myself, and probably my family members who were with me, that Dowager Empress role, I want to do that role someday. And I never thought I would get a chance. So I really do feel like I'm doing my dream role. I mean, there are a few others I'd love to play. I'd love to play Bertha and Pippin. I'd love to, for the comedy of it, love to do, you know, Grandmama and Adam's family. My husband and I had always talked about how cool it would have been if he and I and my son could have been in Damn Yankees together as young Joe, old Joe and Meg. But I really feel like I, you know, I don't know how I, I've said this a, a, several times. I don't know how I can top this one. Five years ago, you were in New York watching Jordan's girlfriend, Sissy, perform in Anastasia. How incredible is this circle to be part of the show yourself? I mean, it's almost foretold that you'll be doing this role. It, it almost brings me to tears when I think of it. Again, because if it weren't for theater, I wouldn't have met my husband. I wouldn't have had my children. Jordan, my son, wouldn't have met Sissy. Yeah, I, I sometimes... Look at the Dance of the Romanoffs scene, which is at the beginning of our show, but it's it's after the scene that I have when I give the little Anastasia the music box, but it's before I come out with the telegram indicating that the family's been killed. And I watch it from the wings and I I see Sissy out, you know, like I can picture watching her in, in the show. She and my son both helped me put together my audition tape when I submitted it way back. That was during oh, the pandemic, and the show was another story. But yeah, it's it's just incredible. It, it, it makes me feel just so, so amazing when I think about it. Jerry Wheatcraft joins us beyond the mic. She is the Dowager Empress in Anastasia. You've played roles in Beauty and the Beast and Anastasia, both originally done by Angela Lansbury. 
Many people have compared you favorably to her. How does that make the old WWOC news anchor feel? (laughs) Amazing. I, I was thinking about that. And the early workshops of Anastasia had Angela Lansbury doing the part of of the Dowager Empress as well. I mean, my goodness, if I could continue doing theater as long as she has, I would be immensely grateful. I'm just grateful for for this entire experience. Hiking and the outdoors are very important to your family. Why is it important to you? It brings me a sense of peace. I feel it, it just nourishes my soul. I love to be out in the woods, especially near water, nothing that's too strenuous with my husband, my dog. If my kids are with me, all the all the better. But yeah, I just I just love being around nature and just uh, listening to to the sounds of the birds and the babbling of the water. You believe in helping others have gone to children's hospitals to sing and brighten their days. Just to know that I can pass on some joy to others who are going through whatever it might be in their life, whether it's dealing with an illness or, you know, a a relationship issue. It's, um, you know, being at my stage of life, it's just so rewarding to give back. I've been volunteering for years at the dinner theater near my house, Candlelight Theater. It's another way of giving back to a theater that has meant so much to me. over the past 35 or so years. Yeah, it's just, you know, passing on the torch, the, the legacy and, and the love that they, the enjoyment that theater can bring. Now as a grandma, what was that first thought when you held your grandchild in your arms? It was beyond words. And it was hard for me not to see her right away. But I actually was so lucky in that my daughter had her early five days before we were going to be in Philadelphia. I live really, you know, really close to there. So I feel so fortunate that I was actually able to hold her and see her when she was five days old. You know, I, th- I think a lot about the history of, of families and I got into genealogy and thinking about my grandparents and their great-grandparents. And it's like this line, you know, that continues. My, my grandfather was in the Yiddish theater. And, you know, made, I don't know much about my, my ancestors before that, but, you know, to just see the life being passed on is just, um, it's a miracle. It's time for One Big Question with Jerry Wegraff from Anastasia Beyond the Mic. Jerry, you say, quote, you're never too old to follow your dreams, unquote. You made your dream come true. So, what's your next dream? Being grandma and getting back together with my family. Uh, Looking forward to being mother of the groom. My son and uh, his fiance are going to be married next March. So, I I think coming back to my family after being away for so long is going to be my next dream. What's the one thing that people don't know about you? I've never taken singing lessons or dance lessons. You gotta be kidding me. Yeah. See, that's a surprise. And I was thinking about that. My mom regretted never sending me to dance class. I think people would be surprised at that, especially today, you know, because uh, when, when you want to go into this field, that's like, that's what you do. Where can people find you? Instagram, uh, Jerry Wegraff. 
that's probably the best place. I, I, I don't do TikTok yet. I know that's a big thing, but that's probably the best place, yeah. Do the kids on the cast try to get you to help do some TikToks? <laughs> they haven't, but I'm fascinated by it. I, I don't know anything about it, but it seems like a really big deal, a big thing. Uh, for me, Instagram is enough. I learned how to do a story at the beginning of this tour. <laughs> her friends convinced her to audition for her first role. She loves visiting Ronda, Spain, and student teaching moved her from Spanish to TV to theater. You can see her in the national tour of Anastasia as the Dowager Empress. We thank the talented Jerry Wegraff for taking the time to talk with us today. Thank you so much for having me, Sean. And that, my friends, is Beyond the Mic. 